Okay, we're back. We are back and ready to attack. Like Looney Tunes, back in action, baby. Yeah. Call me Brendan Fraser and you, Christina Applegate, or vice versa. I don't think it's Christina Applegate. Oh, 100%. It's Christina I'm Applegate. I'm gonna Google that right now. It's not. It's not Christina Applegate. Christina Applegate has two amazing creditations to her name: Looney Tunes, back in action, and no. Nope hall pass <laughs> it's not her man i'm it's telling you Christina Applegate, it's isn't not it? nope who is it someone who watched that movie a lot when i was a kid i can promise you it was not it was jenna sure elfman that... jenna elfman <laughs> jenna elfman oh a a poor man's christina applegate as she's known around my condo yeah, there you go. She was actually no, she's not a poor man's because she was in a little movie called Clifford's Really Big Movie. Oh my god. That that reminds me I didn't even know this was a movie. Oh my gosh. When it comes to crossovers, I have one to tell you that's actually real, and I'm sure you've already heard of it. But what? just remind me to bring that up later on. Oh my god, I had a really good one the other day, and I'll try to remember it before we get there. Oh man. Th- this the one that I was like I literally nearly thought of it and then like during a previous podcast and then when I was looking through a I'll leave it okay I'll tell you when I was looking on Disney Plus I was just scrolling through movies and then what like a vague or sort of like a like a very similar idea to what I had is an actual movie well and I'll I'll bring it up later. I we gotta build suspense on it there, but it's I hopefully to... hopefully it's worth the wait. It probably won't be. Um So Chase, any anything new, anything going on? Anything cracking? No slamming? Not really. They opened an Earl of Sandwich in Winnipeg. Have you been? I've not. For those of you that don't know, Earl of Sandwich I mean I've only really ever had Earl of Sandwich at Disney, Disney. World and Disneyland. I don't yeah. think well, I mean, they're, I'm sure they're a chain. They must be other places, they too, are. They're, right? They have them, like, in Boston and New York and stuff like that. They're owned, actually, by the people who own Planet Hollywood. Really? That was their next venture, yeah. With Disney, I think Disney gave them some funding. Man, imagine just owning <laughs> one business that's kind of just garbage and then another one that's so delicious. <laughs> that's how I view Planet Hollywood to me. Every Planet Hollywood I know has either been entirely revamped or is abandoned. Like the one in Niagara Falls is just it's just a building that looks like a huge sphere now. And it just sits there and it's like I I think it's maybe a bird no, sanctuary. No, nobody will ever occupy that space. There's no way. It's too much real estate. It's too much concrete, man. You got to upkeep all that concrete. If there's one thing I know about, it's it's actually yeah. concrete. I know a lot about concrete. Just the composition, the composure, you know, it's just like it's like a fine wine. It does not but it doesn't age well. Oh my god, yeah, of course. So it's opposite of a yeah. fine one. Wait, what is what does concrete have to it's do with the Planet Hollywood? It's made out of concrete. Every one? I, I think so. What else would they be made out of, Ben? The one... Man, I can't believe the one at Disney World, how they just, like, when they revamped it, they're just like, it's going to be cutting edge, it's going to be new, and they literally just changed it from looking like the Earth on the outside to just making it navy blue entirely <laughs> on the outside which is just like no 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 kind of no, like no, a global no, 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 warming no, 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 affected no, no. earth and no, then no, no. they were just like you know what run with it let's make up for it with a fully guy fieri menu 
Guy Fieri, go off. Yeah, there it is. That's the key. Because now you can eat a really gross, overpriced burger with a really gross, overpriced milkshake and also get your picture on the wall hey, of but you also, eating terrible food. To, on the same likes of like people doing really great things and people doing very bad things is that Planet Hollywood has just like a menu that is overwhelmed with flavors there. Just like crazy milkshakes, crazy burgers. And then right next door is a very delicious chicken joint chicken guy that is also a menu entirely made by guy fieri that is delicious why can't people just be consistent why why can't there be it's very simple yeah decide america explain that's me with the cheesecake factory because i just don't get its vibe i do i do get it if i wanted if i wanted to go to a food court, I would just go to a food court. I wouldn't go to the Cheesecake Factory and order gyoza with my gyro, with my lasagna, with my flaming stir-fry, with my fajitas, with my cheesecake. No thank you, Cheesecake Factory. It's like, I've never seen somebody execute something so moderately, so much of the time, but also, like, just, they don't stop with their momentum, man. I had a turkey club, what'd you have? You had dragon boats <laughs> yeah, or something? Yeah, I had... And then somebody at our table had spaghetti. It was like, what? I Where want, are okay. we? The moon? I definitely used to hate on Cheesecake Factory, but I don't. I, I don't anymore. And the reason I don't anymore is because that one time it went, I, I really enjoyed everything I had. But also, now they have this new Skinny-licious menu, which is kind of like... It was there when I was there. I, I don't understand this. I don't understand how you can have tacos that are 800 calories a taco normally. And then suddenly you make a skinny-licious menu that has nearly the same portions, and it's like 80 calories a taco. What? Okay, what are they doing to the other taco that makes it so much more calories, but also not much better at all? They just... They just... They take the salsa, and then they just put it in with all the ground beef fat, and they stir it around, and they just dump it on top, and they go, yep, al dente. I imagine, like, learning to be a chef in the Cheesecake Factory kitchen is kind of like, well, you see, this is the skinny-licious taco, and then this is the normal taco. Same ingredients, right? And the guy's like, and Trini's like, yeah, of course. He's like, well, take a look at this. It's like a sweet and low-type packet. He flicks it. He's like, this is 900 calories. Rips it open, just pours it over top. It's like an imaginary seasoning. That's just MSG. Yeah. It's tons msg they have packets of msg they pour over it all yeah that's my big issue with the cheesecake factory is just like it's like going to costco like how am i supposed to order one thing when you have so many well here's the thing you can't you can't you can't call it an issue if you're comparing it to something that's magical and perfect (laughs) it's pretty weird i I wish they did that though like imagine like a cheesecake factory where they gave you samples every like (laughs) so you knew what you were having they're not far off. I do feel like working in the back of the Cheesecake Factory would be kind of like working at Epcot in World Showcase. Like, it would just be so funny <laughs> at Disney World. That's, they have to walk you around to all the different stations. Like, this is the Chinese station. Yeah. This is the Greek station. This is the Italian station. Like, the prep station for, like, making the food. Yeah. It's just like that. That's what I picture. I think that, um, I don't know. I, I, it's, I, I imagine it. 
almost like a world showcase like you walk into the back and it's like the back the kitchen of a cheesecake factory is like a like a market it's like a bazaar you walk back in there and like the the servers have to go back and like barter <laughs> to get the meals from their tables they're just they're like and there's such a language barrier too it's like they go over they have to get they go back okay oh i gotta get nachos i have to get uh sushi oh my god and i need to get curry so they're going on a trip they put their backpack on and then they have a set of uh goods and services they can trade and then at the very end of the evening uh their cash out is in they're exchanging euros and yen and all these things to get their tips out and i just picture there being like a dark a really dark clouded region of the back of it and they go oh what's over there and they go Oh, that's America. We don't really. Nobody really orders American food here. Yeah, nobody it's really, really does scary. order American. It's just turkey clubs and cheeseburgers mm. over there. Yeah, the American is actually just if the Cheesecake Factory's in a mall, it just leads to the back, and it's just the Burger King <laughs> that's in the back of the kitchen. But it that's the, we're looking at the back of the Burger King, and then on the other side in that kitchen is just the food court from the Burger that's King. Funny. But on the inside, it's just like a guy chain smoking right there. Just like, what do you yeah, want? I don't know. You want a Whopper? I picture the back of Bur- uh, the back of the Cheesecake Factory to look similar to the warehouse from the end of Indiana Jones. It's just like endless. It's so oh, big. Entirely. Just oh, it goes on, on, and on, on and on and on. It is a kingdom of a crystal skull. Yeah, half of the mall at Millennia is a, the wow. Cheesecake Factory. It, it, it's like that meme you sent me of the guy, and he's looking at the sun. And he's like. The sun is Baja Blast Mountain Dew, and then a guy has a gun. He's like, it's always been. That's what, anytime you go to a mall that has a cheesecake factory, you go, the whole mall is a cheesecake factory. They go, it always has been. Oh, my gosh. It's true, bro. My shoes are made out of cheesecake. I love, the only thing that I would say, (laughs) of all the things that I've had at Cheesecake Factory, I think debatably what they do the worst is cheesecake. I've never had a cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory and really, really enjoyed it. It's just, okay, I, I call I like it a mine. cake. It's, it's just cake. And then they throw a little bit of a cheesy thing to it. That's how it tastes so good. Cheesecake Factory is so heavy on the cake and so light on the cheese. And everybody loves cake. Not everybody likes yeah. cheesecake. That's why everybody likes Cheesecake Factory cheesecake. I love how the last time we were there, me and Ben did this bit where we just... We, we just kept saying everything was made out of cheesecake. We're just like, you're telling me, oh, hold on, these fries are made out of cheesecake? Are you serious? Oh, I gotta, I gotta sit down. You're telling me that my Diet Coke is made out of key lime pie cheesecake? <laughs> this is a cheesecake factory. How is my Diet Coke a birthday cake cheesecake? Are you serious? This is, I, I asked for a Diet Soda and you give me Funfetti in a cup? Are you fucking kidding me? The best, is, the best is we got cheesecake. We're like, you're telling me this is made out of cheesecake? <laughs> we get the bill. Are you telling me, oh my God, this bill is made out of cheesecake? And you want me to sign it with this yeah. cheesecake under the pen? Tip, under the tip line for the waitress, I just wrote <laughs> two slices of cheesecake. <laughs> Keep the change. Yeah. On the house. That's funny. Man. Um, wow. Well, I guess we should uh, probably get into it. Let's crack some, yeah, let's crack some beers, man. That was a good little intro, though. We had a lot of catching up to do, so that's funny. Wow, that was good. I I have I had a lot of tension building up in me about the Cheesecake Factory that we just needed to get out. There's so many thoughts. 
That's fair. I did. I did have a little bit. I wanted to tell a story about us going to the worst restaurant of all time, but maybe we'll follow it up with uh, with after we crack these beers. Cheesecake Factory is not. That's not what you meant by it, right? No, 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 no. no. It was okay. Not well, the let's worst yeah. Restaurant. Let's do that afterwards. Let's first let's crack some beers. Let's build some suspense. So this this beer that we're doing. The, we have a theme this week. We have a theme. Uh, our theme. Our theme is uh, it's, uh we're doing a brewery. Uh, brewery. What's it? A spotlight. Spotlight on a brewery this week. Our our brewery is Flying Monkeys, which is in... Our good friends. Yeah, our good friends uh, right down the road from where I'm at in Barrie, Ontario. Flying Monkeys. Uh, we both... We, I, we went there like three or four times when you were here that summer, but we both are frequenters and of drinking the beers that they make, for sure. And I went there probably <laughs> ten more times. I used to, like, on my days off, I would just go there, have a couple beers, and eat some food, and then come home. It's awesome. I used to do that all the time. It's so great. Such a nice spot. Nice, n- such nice guys. And it just happens to, they, they just happen to have one of my favorite beers of all time there. Probably, maybe my absolute favorite. Uh, but what I'm drinking today is a milkshake IPA by the name of Live Transmission. It's a very fun orange and white can. Um, I have so many things to say about it, but I think the can would probably say it better itself when it says, uh, brewed with orange peel, grapefruit, and a soft coconut white tea. This IPA surges with amplified fruits, dry hopped with citra, Idaho 7, and Mosaic hops. Wired more like an IPA, the lactose adds creamy carbonation and a plush, refreshing brew. Now, this is a beer that obviously I've had before if it's one of my favorites, but I, every single time I've had it, like even whether it's on draft somewhere or in can, it's just, you, you can't go wrong with this beer. It's by far my, probably, like this was the beer that really got me into drinking cool, different, unique beers, for sure. For sure, for sure. Today... That's one of my favorite beers, too. I love that one. I wish we were drinking the same one. But I have something that's just as good, if not uh, a little bit more different. So I'm drinking the 12 Minutes to Destiny Raspberry Hibiscus Lager from Flying Monkey's Craft Brewery. And when me and Ben worked at uh, th- this resort. Bush. Bush uh, Resort. This was the beer that they shipped us. Yeah, Bush Resort. Bush Resort. When we worked at Bush Resort, uh, this was the beer that they shipped us to try out. We had this one, and we had the Hoptical Illusion. And then they asked us to come on a tour, and I remember it was really funny. My car broke down as I was driving to the tour. It started stalling out, and then nothing ever came of it. My car was totally fine, but we went in. They gave me, like, three or four beers, and we just had a really good time. We toured the brewery. We talked with them about it. And it was really cool. But the 12 Minutes to Destiny is really great. I think it really represents a lot of what Barry, what makes Barry a great city. It's using like local raspberries and hibiscus and stuff that's all grown just outside of Barry. So really fun. And then just to walk through what it says on the can. Enjoy some sacred idleness. The sessionable ruby-tinged lager is perfect for stopping the day and breathing. Steeped with heaps of hibiscus flowers, rose hips, and fresh raspberries, 12 Minutes to Destiny is a uniquely refreshing brew. Yeah. 4.1%. Just a beautiful, really light, crisp beer. Oh, yeah. I didn't say my alcohol content. Mine is uh, 6.3. But I, I'm stoked about this. I haven't had one of these in a hot minute. In a hot so minute. I think if you're, you're, if you're down, if I, I'm down, if you're down, let's crack these boys open. Oh, it's bubbling over. Oh my gosh, it's so good. 
we're both glass boys today. I'm doing the glass. Oh, you're doing the glass too. Yeah, I was chilling a glass, and then we were catching up for Me so too. long, so I didn't really get a chance to. And mine's mine's not so chilled no, anymore. But that's okay. My beer is not so chilled either. But it's all. I tell you, first, uh, I mean, I'm, it's a five out of five. It's a it's an A plus beer. This will forever and always be in my rotation as long as it is uh, feasible for me to grab it. But man, I can't say enough. It's creamy. It's fruity. It's citrusy. It's got that grapefruit sort of bitterness to balance out how creamy and fruity it is. I. It's just, it's spectacular. Chase, yours? For me, this beer will always be one of my favorite summer beers, especially as I move to Ontario. Whenever I see this beer in Winnipeg, I always grab a couple cans. It's so refreshing. It's really good after some yard work. And the funny thing is, I don't really like raspberry that much. I don't like the flavor of raspberry Mm -hmm. because as a kid, I ate so much raspberry jam going to like daycares and babysitters and stuff like that. I just feel like that was always like the staple breakfast was either raspberry jam on toast or cheese was on toast. I I caught you a couple times when we lived together. Just you would just be sitting there, little Smucker's raspberry jam jar in your hand. You just you had a spoon and you were just going to town with it. You you didn't even have bread or anything. That was just like kind of your snack. I hate it. I hate raspberry. (laughs) But anyways, I hate it too. This uh this doesn't really have a raspberry note to it. I taste more like cranberry, maybe like a candied raspberry. And then that tea comes in, and it's just so light. It just really elevates mm-hmm. a really basic beer, like a lager, which is a very time-consuming beer to make. So something really, really nice and flavorful and fun to that higher level of almost like a cooler or something that's going to be really approachable to somebody like who isn't as into craft beer or maybe mm-hmm. is new to it. So I think that this is just such a cool beer. It's such a good intro beer. One thing that I'll say about that beer is just that I feel like it's, it's – perfectly steeped tea added to a beer i mean i feel like when you have a tea that just has been steeped like the perfect amount of time after that it just kind of like smooths it out a little bit more it's just like the flavor is just more i don't know balanced whereas it's not going to be too bitter or it's not going to be overwhelmingly sweet it's just like right in the middle it walks out i would give this one easily yeah 4.75 to a 4.5 out of 10 i think it's or out of five for me it's like that one You'd normally think with that kind of like fruity type beer that it would have to be one that, I don't know, it's like a like a seasonal one, like one that you'd have to drink maybe only in the summertime yeah. or like maybe the fall even as well. But I find that I can enjoy that one whenever. If it's like if it's winter time, I usually lean towards porters, but that's always a nice little shake up in my routine because of how nice and balanced it is. But the same goes with this like milkshake IPA. I they normally that style like it's not necessarily like a patio pounder because it is a little bit heavy, but when I brought it down with me to Florida, I remember drinking it on a beach in on um, like the the west like the west coast of Florida, and it was like right it's right near Clearwater Siesta Key is what it's called. And it was just wow, Wowie, that Wowie. was paradise. Feels like Maui. You were gonna say something before, weren't you? I was not. You were beforehand, like uh, bef- or before we started talking about this. You were, you were gonna say about a bad restaurant story. Oh, we were talking about restaurants and my beef with restaurants. We were talking about a little place called Planet Hollywood. But I think that they're getting off, their competitor is getting off a little scot-free. I'm going to tell you a story that you were there for. Me and you and a few other people were all in a little place that I like to call Miami. (laughs) And... We were walking around. I was looking for a bakery. I really wanted to have some Cuban sandwiches. I want to get some Cuban bread. I want to try some good Cuban food. And I was dealing with some stuff. And we were dealing with some stuff. And we all were dealing with some stuff. We were there for a Chance the Rapper concert. And now we looked at a couple of our friends and we said, hey, where should we go eat? And all of them just turned around and said, 
Let's go to the Hard Rock Cafe. Now, I don't know about you, Ben, but man, that place sucks. It's not fun. No, it wasn't the best. It was not the best <laughs> at all. It, I, Hard Rock Cafes, they can be done right. I like the one, for example, at Universal Studios is very yeah, nice. Uh, my mom stayed at one in the Bahamas that she really liked. But I'd say it's better as a resort than it is as just a dining location. When people t- praise Miami, they're really praising South Beach. That's it. You go yeah. downtown Miami. You're going to find your plethora of jewelry stores, but the most authentic Cuban cuisine you'll find, it's Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> in downtown Miami. That's the closest thing you got. We did pass a couple bakeries. We, we're not going to knock them. We just had a couple other things that we needed to get done. So we were kind of closer to the small, but I just, I wanted to make sure that nobody forgot how they massacred my dining experience by taking me to the fucking Hard Rock Cafe. Okay, I I wouldn't say the Hard Rock Cafe was not. I was there too. I w- it was not my top choice either. I think we have a a friend who definitely. Um, oh, I know who we're talking about. He definitely would have brought us there. Um, and then we had another friend who who loves good food, but also is appreciative of other foods too. And then there was well, every well, I mean, you all you do is just go on my Instagram and you'll see our trip to Hard Rock Cafe. In Miami, but it's it's neither here nor there. It's just uh, I don't know how to put it into words. It's just not. It's not it. It's not there. It's it's not there. And it, it's yeah, neither exactly. here nor there, but it's definitely not there. Um, my my <laughs> final thought and piece is I've really only had one really good experience at a Hard Rock Cafe, and it was actually in downtown Toronto mm-hmm. at the location that closed. And it was because I got just absolutely so unbelievably drunk. Really? Yeah. It was right after my first Disney interview. We, me and a couple of other people who thought we had good interviews. So it was me and a couple other people that you definitely know. We all went there. And I think we all got in except for one person. And we just got, or, pardon me, I just got absolutely obliterated. Because, and wow. it's, not an, it's, not a, it's not a bad thing that I did. It's because at the time I was doing full course load at school and I wanted this Mm -hmm. little three day trip to kind of be like an adventure because I haven't been at this point in my life. I'd only been to Toronto with my parents. I'd never been with friends or family or anything Mm -hmm. like friends or like other cool family, like cousins and stuff like that. And I didn't know Ben or anything like that. So I was like, I want to have fun in the city. I want to do something cool. I want to, you know what I mean? So got a little bit drunk, walked around, drunky, all good. I... I haven't had many. I think that might have been my one and only experience in Miami. Actually, dining at a Hard Rock Cafe. I, um, actually, maybe I went to the one at Universal Studios, not the resort, the Hard Rock Cafe itself. The restaurant, yeah. I feel like that one's not a. I feel I've definitely been to one before. I just can't remember where. It might have been in New York. There's a, there's got to be a Hard Rock in New York City, right? Yeah, I went to is. New York City when I was a kid, and maybe went there then, but I I can't say whether or not i i hated or definitely enjoyed hard rock cafe but i can say now for a fact that i 
Oh, I don't. That's a hot take, cold take. I don't know which one I hate more. Playing a Hollywood. Okay, here we go. Hollywood that's the hot take, cold I, take. Which one do you hate more? You get to decide. Where that's a smooth transition. You just you did it to yourself. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think I hate. Okay, you know what? Just I'm. I'll tell you which one I like more. I like. I I like Planet Hollywood more. And the reason I like Planet Hollywood more is because what, like, at least when I was a kid, like, the OG Planet Hollywoods were cool because I'm walking around and I'm seeing all these, like, things from movies, like, just, like, a random stuffed Yoda hanging from the ceiling and, like, random artifacts from films. Whereas Hard Rock Cafe, I, I don't really like, like, I mean, I know it's not just rock music that they have, like, up memorabilia about. But the things that were up there when I was a kid were much more just kind of like supposed to be pristine and like a, an, an homage to old school musicians. Whereas Planet Hollywood was just like, hey, here's Jack Skellington's yeah. face. Suck it. Eat chicken fingers. And I was like, okay, don't have to tell me twice. And that's the vibe. Yeah. I feel like, in my opinion, I agree entirely because I feel like uh, it's kind of like that toss up between would you rather. Would you rather eat at like a dining theater mm-hmm. with like props and stuff like that? Or would you rather eat in a museum where there's props and stuff and real things from history, but you can't touch any of them. You can just look at them. So it's kind of like that toss up of like, I just find movies like going to. In, so in Canada, if we have any American listeners, I check the stats. It looks like we don't. But if we do, you have this place called Cineplex. And every time you go to a Cineplex, they have like giant stuffed batmans hanging from the roof and a big mighty mouse and maybe there's a death star in the background or whatever and it's like it's the coolest thing when you're a little kid and you go to the movie and you see this giant batman up there and you go like oh my god i'm like in the movies i'm at the movies Mm -hmm. and i feel like planet hollywood when i was a kid emulated that experience really well of you walking down the red carpet and now you're inside and there's all these props and there's a giant death star there's a giant you know what i mean like uss enterprise from star trek or something on the roof and when you go to the Hard Rock Cafe, I feel like it's not the same experience of going to a concert. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't cross those lines of like, I feel like when I go to Planet Hollywood, I feel like I'm going to the movies. And that's an exciting experience for me because I loved that and it's very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. But when I go to Hard Rock Cafe, I feel like I don't feel like I'm going to a concert. I just feel like I'm going to a museum and now I'm going to drink a chocolate shake at a museum. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. You know? So that's my vibe. I do like, I think the one in Universal is the best one, the Orlando one, because they have the Beatles room and it's really yeah. cool. There's full of tons of artifacts and stuff like that. And I think that that's amazing. But at the same time, it's like, it would be really cool as a walking exhibit. Yeah. It wouldn't be cool as a restaurant. Entirely. So I don't want to eat an Angus quarter pounder burger that's named after an ACDC song while looking at an ACDC guitar on the wall. I would rather hold it in my hands and like feel how tangible it is. You know what I mean? Chase, so um, here is a hot or cold take for you. I think I think personally it's a cold. No, uh, okay, I'll say it's a cold take. Dish of the basic styles of bread being white, wheat, multigrain, rye, or marble rye. I've already no, said the best one. Dish me the best one. You didn't even say the best one yet wait a minute okay maybe okay 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 okay. hopefully we are on the same page i was gonna say one more bread that i forgot about which i now agree is probably the best one 
We'll say it at the same time. It won't work probably because there's a time delay on our FaceTime, but we'll try, try it out. Are we counting to three or from down down from three? To three. Okay. One. Okay. One. One. Two. Three. Sourdough. sourdough. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. The best bread. That's why we're best, that's why we're best friends. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. It's yeah, the best I think bread. I think sourdough is probably like sourdough in. I was gonna say rye. Rye is rye slaps. Rye slaps. Rye Marble slap. rye or regular Marble rye. Marble rye is pretty good. Pumpernickel is good, but sourdough is the best because I was sitting on a patio right before the rally um, with Savannah. Savannah is one of my really good friends, and we were sitting there. Oh, you're dishing her a shout out, eh? Yeah, shout out Savannah. She listens to the podcast. She's shout very, out to, very nice uh, gal. Shout out to my girlfriend Zoe. Um, <laughs> not in the same. <laughs> Not in the same pantheon, but okay. I, I mean, uh, hey, I don't know what a pantheon is, but they're both females in our lives. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so anyways, shout out to my aunt. <laughs> shout out to my mom. Um, yeah, we were chatting uh, at Stella's Winnipeg. <laughs> we were sitting in the patio on Provence there, and it's just beautiful. So we were just sitting there mm-hmm. chatting, and she said, sourdough is the best bread. And I was like, um, no, rye is the best. And, but then I was like breaking it down, and I was like, you want a bread bowl, sourdough. You want bread yeah. for a sandwich, sourdough. You want, yeah. uh, you want a grilled cheese to dip in soup, uh, sourdough. You want like bread yeah. with a steak, sourdough. Like every I don't know why conceivable thing is sourdough. Every solve is sourdough. You know what is the worst bread? What? Tech any sort of Texic to- Texas toast. Yeah, it's just a oh bigger piece of white bread. <laughs> Yeah, it's just hey, white bread, but it put on a little bit of weight. <laughs> it's like white bread, but the guy couldn't evenly slice it. Big slice. My, I tell you, oh my gosh! I mean, I know we've had the debate. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one other thing. One more hot take, cold take for us. Um, okay, and it is. I have I have a hot take, but it's gonna be a sports Ooh. boy hot take, so we'll save it for the end. Okay, my hot take, cold take is, I think. People have such divided sides on whether or not they should bite or lick their ice cream. I think my hot take is you do it, you do both. Yeah, you got to do both. Okay, then maybe it's well, maybe it's a cold take, no I, pun intended. Well, it is cold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's ice. <laughs> it's it's creamed ice. Um, because if you bite ice cream, then it gets all craggly at the top. You got to lick it to flatten it, and then you bite it again. You gotta bite. Wait a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Here's what you do. This is my method for eating it. So I get a waffle cone. Hard serve. <laughs> Whether it's soft serve or hard or what's it called? Hand scooped. <laughs> soft serve or hard serve? Soft serve or hard serve. <laughs> or if it serves me a divorce paper, it's 15 love. Whether it's, ho- whether it's a soft serve That's or a funny. hard serve, no matter what, it's 15 love. <laughs> no matter what, we're still playing tennis. Um... So I get a waffle cone, I get the ice cream in it, and as I, I'll take a couple licks, but then I hate the, I hate, I, I absolutely can't stand when you lick an ice cream cone all the way down, and then suddenly you're sticking your tongue into this cone, you're trying to go six centimeters down, <clears throat> and you, you still have so much cone left to go. You're leaving, the ice cream's the best part. You need to be working through that cone at the same time so you're not leaving your whole ice cream experience up to cone at the end. You need to be biting the cone. This is what I do. I lick, lick, lick. I bite the cone down so that way it looks like a fresh ice cream cone just with a smaller cone and the ice cream still sticking up. 
you lick it for the balance, then you keep you lick 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 with lick, ice cream. And you bite the ice cream cone down repeatedly until all you have left it's is like a, a tiny bit. little cone in a little tower of ice cream on top. So it's a quick little bite into the ice cream, toss the cone in. Just don't even chew. Just toss the cone down your throat. Ben, I've watched you eat so many ice cream cones yeah. in my life. I don't know why, but it's a show. Remember man. the time we went to Costco? Oh my god. I feel like I'm just telling so many stories. There's one time me and Ben were at Costco and, and Ben had to get gas and I had to get food. And uh, so I went inside to get food and Ben said, I want, oh my God, I want a hot dog, a drink, French fries, and an ice cream cone. Is this, wait a minute, is this on our way back from, would it have been back from Becky yes. and Josh's then? You wanted okay, a hot yeah, dog, yeah. a drink, an ice cream cone, and you wanted fries to split. And I also <laughs> wanted a hot dog, a drink, oh, yeah. and ice cream cone. And so I'm holding yeah, a hot yeah, dog, yeah. two hot dogs in one hand, two ice cream cones in the other hand. They're like crisscrossed. And then I got drinks in both my pockets. And then I got a thing of French fries under yeah. my arm. And then pulls up in the car and he goes, get in. And I go, help. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, I can't save the spot forever. And I was like, help me. And then he go, did you put a mustard on the hot dog? And I go, no, I don't have a free, went with what hand? So, but I had like packets of mustard. But he was like, I'm driving away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a dark time. That was a dark time for me, man. And I think I ended up just throwing both hot dogs in the oh in the God. whip and then grabbing the fries and opening up the door. It was just such a mess. But I remember even you driving. You're driving the car, and you take a bite of your ice cream cone, and then you flicked it into your mouth. And I don't know why it's, you live life so dangerously, Ben, or who I, hurt you, but it's fine, man. I, 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 I still love stand you, by it. It's how I have. It's how I've always eaten it. You know what I do what? vibe too. I vibe when they, they you toss that ice cream in a little shell. You just dip it. Oh you yeah. Dip it into like when they do when they do it at not Dairy Queen. I'm talking not Dairy like, Queen. When you when the ice cream truck comes around, and they take it and they're just like, "What flavor you want?" And you're like, "Well, what flavors you got this time?" And they're like, "Well, we got blue raspberry." And you're like, <laughs> "Whoa, wait a minute. You're gonna dip my ice cream cone and suddenly it's gonna be blue." as a kid i was like that's that's not even a there's not even a question about whether or not i'm getting that and don't you dare get a swirl or a chocolate and dip it in anything other than maybe chocolate if you're getting chocolate you're not dipping not? it in the blue raspberry or the butterscotch <laughs> i do have okay i still i don't want to forget that i have a hot take but i also have another thing to add but you walk me through okay go ahead i'm sorry i just think vanilla is the only okay. thing that should be dipped good good point i think that a swirl can be dipped in just chocolate or chocolate can be dipped <laughs> in just chocolate but i understand yes just chocolate that's it just not at else. my local at my local ice cream store right by my house they had a flavor swirl do you uh-huh. remember those it yeah. was essentially like a little thing that they added and they had this one that I used to get all the time, and I still don't know what flavor it is to this day. I think it was just extra vanilla for my vanilla, mm-hmm. but it was called Blue Goo. And thinking back, I think that that's really gross that they call the flavor Blue Goo that's instead disgusting. of the kids. But anyways, continuing on, my hot take, and maybe it's a cold take, is that I was seeing some pictures. Again, me and Ben are both sports boys in disguise. I just mm-hmm. need to tell Ben about this. This can be a two-minute bit. But Marcus Gasol, you see Marcus Gasol? You see Kyle Lowry? They lost like Marcus all lost 30 pounds. 30 pounds. Over a quarantine? Over quarantine. Really? Marcus all lost 30 pounds. Yeah. And Kyle Lowry lost 15 pounds. And he looks like he's just ripped. The Toronto Raptors are going to win the NBA championship. <clears throat> That's my hot take. 
That's Chase. That's the coldest take around there, baby Raptors. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. There's there's a lot of teams and a lot of players on teams that just get caught up in their celebrity. Uh, meaning, I think Paul George is one of those players. I think that uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis are two of those players. Players that want like I just think that rest doesn't necessarily do the best for them, especially with yeah. where they're at. And I just think, I don't know, man, something about these understated teams, they just... It's going to be interesting, man. I, I don't see... I, it's going to be it's going to be awesome to see. Which, But also, one thing that... Okay, never mind. I don't want to talk... I, we don't need to talk COVID, but just Florida is an epicenter for COVID-19 right now, and they are playing this entire thing. I My one worry is just that they get down there, everything's going swell, one player gets COVID, and then well, they have to sort of get like cancel the whole thing. Well, if they do it like so, what they're doing in the in the German league of soccer is if any player basically they're being bussed to and from. Oh, I was just gonna ask what, but Chase. By the way, what are they doing in the German league of soccer? <laughs> okay, they're being bussed to and from mm-hmm. the like where it's being played. Okay. They're being bussed back and forth. And then all their food is being provided for them. Uh-huh. They have a whole hotel floor that's being split by two teams. And then if any player has any symptoms, that whole team has that game put on hold for like a week. Okay. Well, there's feasible ways to do it for sure. Is sick. And there's testing every single day. They're testing them every single day. They're taking a COVID test, which is crazy. Um, but also, last point, Serge Ibaka gained 15 pounds of muscle because, boy, does he want a payday. 100%. He wants to get signed at the end of all this. And I just think that – I think we got I think we got the depth. But regardless, enough sports boy talk. Let's do a little beer check-in. I, I'm, I'm just I'm, excited. I mean, as a sports fan myself, it's just – it's an exciting time to know that things are coming back. And it's like – I mean, maybe it's just because I don't really have much else going on right now. But it's just it's, – it's still two months away until everything's going to get underway. But still, I, I can't I can't even talk about how it's pretty crazy, too, it. because like if we think about it, I might be there for the playoffs. Be in Orlando? No, like in Toronto. Oh, for next year? Yeah. No, no, no. Not for next year. For this year. For the, it's, like, it's not the happening thing. in Toronto. It's all in Orlando, isn't it? No, I know, but I'm just saying. But like, there's gonna be like watch parties and stuff on. That's true. And shit That's true. I was gonna say. I mean, I, what I would have given to be here during the championships last year, like that yeah. would have been insane. But so, man, my oh my. Anyways, my oh my, me oh my. Time to, to do a beer check in. Well, I I can't believe we've only done one of our things so far. I mean, you know what? I've been thinking about this. I've been sipping on it a little bit. I love that I, we have a great formula, and I enjoy it a lot. But also, I love just this conversation. It is a fun little conversation. Maybe we should keep it a little looser. My beer, okay, beer check in. It's sublime. It's still top top of the charts. Billboard Hot 100. I. You can't speak enough about the delectability of this beer. I, you know what? I, I'd love to see them do like kind of a, like, like a variation of it. Like I, I love the, I love the milkshake IPA, but don't you think it'd be cool if they did like, like, may, try to make like a creamsicle one or something like that as well? Ooh, Just like kind of like yeah. a, like a sister beer to the live transmission. I mean. It would just be a cool idea. I, I, I like that kind of thing. I like it when they take the, a beer that you know and love and they kind of do it like a, a variation of it. It's like when I really loved Summer's B-Cider. 
yep. I still do. It's very good. But like they made now all these different styles of it, so it gives me a reason to kind of get back into yeah. it. Yeah, me and you should make cider when I live there. It's super easy to make pear cider because there's so much yeast on the skin Ooh. and stuff. You can make perry really mm. easy. So we'll have to make a bunch of good stuff. Even if we end up, you know, taking a break from the brewing for a little bit, well, everything will we kind of get settled in. But we should be. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be a really fun segment to do beer check-ins on beers we make and stuff like that too. So I'm stoked about that. That's going to be fun. So my beer is excellent. I'm very thirsty, so it's a little bit low, but yeah, it's still very good as it warms up. Yeah. Mine's I'm, I am, I'm working my way through it. I I will be honest, Chase. I am sitting here and I'm twiddling my thumbs. I got to talk to you about the crossover that I mentioned earlier. So it was, I don't remember when, but it was during probably one of our podcasts, like our trial podcasts, where I was thinking about a crossover, and it was like, I wanted to do something Winnie the Pooh related, and then I thought about the movie Max Keeble's Big Move. And I shit you not, on Disney+, Plus, there's a movie called Piglet's Big Move. And... I assume it has been critically acclaimed. <laughs> There's no way to be sure because critics are so um, divided these days. So divide exactly. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the audience score was abysmal, but the critic score was certified fresh. <laughs> Everybody knows Piglet's big move, but that's that was all. I I told you I didn't think the payoff was gonna be that great, but you know Piglet's big move sounds. I, I gotta watch it. I, you know what? I'll watch it before our next podcast, and then I will give you a, a thorough review of it. What was my crossover? My crossover had something to do... It came back to me a little bit. I only got half of it. It was about the Muppets. Every single crossover oh. we've got is about the Muppets, eh? Right? How about... Was it? Um... it was like in the title. It was so easy to work in. Um, I can't... It was Muppets. Muppets. Well, let's think about the Muppets. There's Muppets Treasure Island, Muppets Take Manhattan, Muppets in Space, The Great Muppet Caper, Muppets no, Most I Wanted. Me. Uh, I'll think of it. If I don't think of it, I won't think of it. Well, looks like you'll looks have like to tune I'll in next week, hold folks. it from the podcast. Um, yeah, it looks like Hot Take, Cold yeah. Take is dead. Um, crossover, crossover. I was thinking about what about if... You had a show where Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Um, he yeah. is one of the new judges on the Great British Bake Off. But only the only thing he does is he just tests the baked goods if they don't get blown up by a laser. And every single episode, no one gets to taste anything because he just blows them up with a rocket launcher or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Chase, I'm in. <laughs> He's like, wow, kind of unfortunate it didn't last that laser. <laughs> Shut up. How what? about this? Um, I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with Kelly Ripa's origins from uh, Live with Regis yes. and Kelly, or Live with Kelly and Michael, or Live with Kelly and Ryan Is it's in its current state. But how about... Um, star wars a new hope and faith so hope and faith was the show that kelly ripa was on uh where in which her name was hope 
I don't, I don't remember if she was Hope or Faith. <laughs> wow, real super fan over here. Whoever was her co-star was actually named the, the her character's name. Wow. I think it was. I think she was Hope, and Faith was. It was, but basically, Kelly Ripa is just uh, a ditz living with her sister. So in this version, Kelly Ripa is. Uh, she's just in the very beginning of A New Hope. And she's in the part where she's like Luke Skywalker's cousin. She's living in the house with them, and you know the scene where they're all they all leave, and then like it's like Luke is with Obi Wan and C three PO and R two D two at the canteen, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, Aunt May and Uncle Ben," and then he goes back, and they're all burnt to a crisp, and just Kelly Rip is Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Wait, what's his name? Uncle, definitely Aunt May, isn't it? Uncle, Uncle Owen, Owen and Aunt Beru. Whoa, who's Aunt May? You're saying Spider-Man. Oh my gosh. It's an ultimate crossover. And then Luke becomes Peter Parker. That is a good crossover. It's a double one. Wow. Wait, Kelly Ripa becomes Peter Parker? Yes. <laughs> yes. And then when Yoda goes, there is another, it just shows the spider symbol in the fifth one. Okay, how about this? Um, the curious case of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> and That's pretty good. Basically, instead of like aging backwards or anything like that, it'll be the same sort of like style of movie, but uh, instead, everybody is asking him how he became president, but he's just saying. He never I was never president. <laughs> and people are like, it's really curious how he became president, eh? And then he's just like, I guys, I I wasn't. How many times do I have to tell you? I've only been in a sex orgy. I've never been president. Yeah. Has he actually? It's pretty messed up. Did you, yep. He was a super big sex fiend in France. He was really well known in France. As being a Franklin. sex fiend? Yeah, this is not a bit. No, no, no. But like he was like he went to parties in France and he was part of this like sex cult. Crazy guy, Benjamin Frank. Big Benny Frank. Benjamin Frankly, my dear, I don't give a orgy in France. Frank. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what about? There's got to be. There's a. There's a moccasin on the floor next to me. Is there something about moccasins? Maca. Comic Sans. It's about. <laughs> it's about an office. <laughs> Full of polar bears who wear moccasins. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, I guess... Well, I guess uh, crossovers this week have been a bust. Yeah, they are not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something about... I mean, I didn't have much to eat. So this this beer's kind of going to my head a little bit here. But... Well, Yeah, it's running my... It's making me it's run out of ideas mind. quick. That's okay. Um, Maybe we can get one more just to salvage. Yeah, let's get one good one okay. in there. I'm going to say the first part. I'll say the first part okay, and you okay, say okay. the second part. Oh, I like this method of doing it, though. I like this. Okay, go ahead. I'm closing my eyes for effect. Karate Kid. Karate Kid. The Karate Kid in the striped pajamas. No, <laughs> man. That's all I had. What did we say about this? I'm crying. I'm sorry. It's actually a really a really great story. 
I know we don't even we don't it's, even need to dive it deep in on it. Let's just leave it to everybody. It's people. It can be whatever people want it to be. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, um, okay, fine. You dish me one. Dish me one. Dish me one, and then I'll. You do the first part, um, and then I'll do the second part. The Wolf of Coronation Street. <laughs> the Wolf of Coronation Street. It's just all. That's a British TV yeah, it, show. My dad watches it. It's just all these British people just bickering back and forth about who slept with who and like who is who forgot to pay their bar tab and stuff. But while all that's going yeah. on, Jordan Belfort from Wolf of Wall Street is just like quietly stealing all of their money he's, and embezzling. He's and, pushing penny stocks on each. Yeah, of them. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that one. That's a good. That's a nice way to end. That it. was a good closer. Yeah. Okay. Um let's let's move on. Let's um What's the next one? Is it this day in history or the word one? Which one do you want to do? We could either or, it doesn't matter. We we got lots of time. Well, not lots of time, but we got a little time. I still got time. I still got time. Okay, Chase. Your word is potridunius. 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 P U C Oh, sorry, P-U-L-C-H, so pulch, R-I-T, pulchrit, udinous, U-D-I-N-O-U-S. Pultridudinous? Pultridudinous. Pultridudinous. Okay, so pultridudinous is when you got a big sliver on your, like, abdomen or something, and you're like, Oh my god, how do I get this thing out? And you look at your grandma and your grandma goes, Hey, I know the secret way. You just gotta soak yourself in orange apple and pear pulp in the bathtub and it'll just draw the sliver out. And that's pulp. Pulp? Pul- pulp? It's pulch, but I like the way that you're going with it. Oh, I messed it up, I messed it up, I messed it up. Pul pul everybody knows that pul is the root of pulp. So yeah, pult. Pult, no, pultradudinous, that's pultradudinous. The pultradudinous is when you do the same thing, but it's with grass clippings. Okay. <laughs> the real definition of it is... Okay, Ben, your word of the day. Oh. Physically beautiful. Wow. Which is I like... I can't wait to use that word in real life. Which is like, hey, just say you're beautiful. So close. <laughs> say, say a... Which is just say hey, it's, it's kind of just like hey, you're pretty. <laughs> just say that instead. Hey, cutie. Okay, your word is a little bit easier in uh in its spelling, but I feel like it's okay. it's not as easy in uh in word because it sounds like another word that other people have used, but it's spelled G E S T and it's pronounced jest. G E S T S T jest. Not like not it's, like he did that in jest or whatever, but it's jest. To jest is when someone m- makes a grand entrance to a ball in which masks are mandatory. Not face masks. I'm talking you have to look kind of like a crow. Like a masquerade. Like one of those kind of old school ones that is like held on a wooden stick. Yeah. Just so people know that you're putting in effort. So you just have it kind of held there. And you just are talking to people. It's like a masquerade ball. And it's when you make a grand entrance in which you must be wearing some sort of crow-type mask. And you jest in 
using some sort of trapeze effect or ropes effect kind of like a rope course and you you fly in much like that dude at the beginning of scooby-doo that is wearing all silver you're so close man because this would technically be that it's a tale of adventures especially a romance in verse or an adventure or exploit wowza so yeah if i mean if wowza minnelli wowza minnelli cool I, I, you know what? I think we finished that. I, I don't even think we need to do another one there. I will let you know, one. Chase. Uh, my phone in which we're FaceTiming on is at 3%. So we're, we're running dry in terms of battery power. Sweet. But Let's do our last set. The lifeblood, the lifeblood of this last segment will keep us going. Chase, it's this day in history. Ooh. A lot of stuff happened. Today's June 8th, 2020. But what happened June 8th in the past? <laughs> do you want to go first? I'll go first. Or do we? Do you want to do? Do you want to do it all? Usually, yeah. Usually, it's one or the other. So then we don't. Cheat. Who, whose turn is it? I honestly don't remember. Okay, Chase. Uh, the year is 1966, and it has to do with sports. What happened? 1966. Where is it? America. Um, it doesn't. It's not a specific location. It's more of something that happens. Olympics. I'm sure the Olympics did happen that year, but I'm not sure if it happened on June 8th. Is that, is that just your answer? Olympics? Summer Olympics. Summer Olympics. Um, <laughs> I'll let you know. Okay, it happened um, in America. June 8th. It happened in America. June 8th. Um, the first ever... The first ever game of car baseball was played. And it's not a very popular sport. They went bankrupt after about a year, but they just... Those TV companies, they really wanted those ratings. Car baseball. It was it was the first and last ever game of car baseball, I assume. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was televised. It was the... Is it just baseball, but everybody's in a car? Yeah, exactly. You hit the ball with your car. Is it large cars, or is it like a oh, smart car Oh, it's thing? monster trucks. Yeah, it's monster trucks. They, I don't know why they oh, call it car okay. baseball, but it's monster trucks. Um, so I can assume that they're not using... An, is it a normal baseball diamond, or is it no, a... No, yeah, it's normal. Oh, okay. That's crowded. <laughs> The ball is not though. The ball is a, it's a beach ball. They popped so many that day. It's a beach. If you're if you're a part of the beach ball community, they call that the June eighth sixty six massacre. The beach ball mageddon. Because so many beach balls were popped. Yeah, beach ball mageddon. Um, yeah, it was crazy because it was such a weird uh, like such weird teams. It was Flint, Michigan, uh, Pistons played the Cincinnati uh, transmissions. Was there any? Was there other teams in the league that were already formed? Nope. <laughs> they were really banking on. They were like, eh, somebody will see it and go, "That's good enough." I can't believe that it could be a sport. I can't believe that in the same time where very old school cars with possibly not even seatbelts really initiated or instituted then, they already had monster trucks at that time in 1966. Yeah, but uh, what do you think? Gravedigger was born. Look it up. I, I I trust you. Look it up. Uh, in 1966, <laughs> the NFL and AFL announced their merger, and the first Super Bowl was held at the end of that season. But on June 8th, it was when they announced the merger. Yeah, when the Packers won. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, I'll give you another oh, one. Wow. You ready? <clears throat> Dish. That was already. That was pretty good. On June 8th in 1984, uh, it was art. This has to do with film history. Film history, 1984? Yeah. And uh, it's so it has to do with a movie, 
and I will tell you where the movie took place. New York City. Oh. Just to narrow it down. There's not that many that happened there. 1984, Martin Scorsese films, not Scorsese, Martin Scorsese films his cult classic, Cabbie. It's very similar to Taxi, but it's not Taxi at all. He's very friendly the whole time. He's not dangerous. He's just a really nice guy. It's a widely considered to be the first underground rom-com, and actually it inspires a young uh, Ryan Gosling to go into film. I was, I was hoping you were going to go kind of the crossover method, and that Cabbie is just like the same movie as Taxi. Uh, or Taxi but, Driver, but instead it's with uh, the cab from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Ooh, I like that way better. <laughs> okay, but it's uh, the movie Ghostbusters was released on June 8th, which I wouldn't really, like, that's kind of like, I mean, Ghostbusters is really, like, kind of associated with Halloween now. And Yeah, but it wasn't really a Halloween movie, which is wild. Exactly, yeah, it was more just like a movie about ghosts, but ghosts. Then, like it's interesting how like horror movies all become have this association that now it's like a Halloween. Like I think Poltergeist came out like in the middle of summer, and like same with Jaws, but I wouldn't consider Jaws a horror movie. Weird, crazy. Yeah, mid June, baby. Toss me another one, baby. One more. Here we go. This day in history, June eighth. There's not that many. The number one. Give me one more. Last one. Then we're going to do the last sip, and then we're out of here. Okay. This is... Today? In the year? It doesn't even say the year. Okay. I'm just going to choose a different one. On this year in 1949. Kind of related to what happened in the other one, the in 1984. The Ghostbusters one. And it has to do with art and literature. This one's also about car. Oh. This is 1949, and it is semi-related to what I just talked about. This one's about 1984? When, when, when was this? 1989? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. So, in 1949, um, Martin Scorsese, our favorite uh, director of all time, he, he's racking his brain. He's trying to come up with a new idea. He comes up with the idea for um, what did he come up with the idea for, Chase? Specter, Specter Stompers. The hell is that? And uh, it's a silent film about catching ghosts, but not ghosts. So little baby Scorsese came up with this idea? No, 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 no. Scorsese. We don't know how old Scorsese is. He fought in the Scorsese first. Scorsese is timeless. He fought in the first and second world war and Vietnam and Korea. And then he made, but in between all that, he made Spectre Stompers. And then at the very end of that, he made Cabbie. That's his, that's his career. But Spectre Stompers was widely considered to be the prototype for Ghostbusters for when it came out, you know, so many years later. And that's why. So he took a 35-year hiatus between making films? Yeah, because he had to go fight two wars, man. Okay. I think 49 is after at least one of the wars, no, no, if no, not no. both. Vietnam is in the 60s, and Korea was in the 50s. Vietnam's in the 60s. Korea was in the Wait, 50s. Wait, what was in the 50s? Korea. Oh, okay, I didn't hear you list Korea. I thought you were talking about World War One and Two. I was like, those definitely happened before the 50s. <laughs> yeah, he, 
No, no, no. Actually, you're right, Ben. I oh. got my whole thing mixed up. He actually didn't fight in Korea. He just nobody told him World War Two was over, so he was still fighting. <laughs> he just kept fighting in downtown Tokyo. He was just <laughs> running around <laughs> fighting still. And they told him in '48, and that's why he made Specter Stompers. Was basically is all an allegory yeah, for course. how soldiers will keep fighting for a country even though uh-huh. the country doesn't love them. And then that's yep. why Ghostbusters yep. is such a dark movie. Okay, tell me what really happened, because that was a good bit. Anyways, continue. George Orwell got 1984 Oh, wow. George Orwell. Very similar. So similar to Ghostbusters. Yeah, there was... Who are you going to call? Dystopian Future. They're both about the same thing, too. Wow. (laughs) Okay, Yeah. that's enough. Ghostbusters... Is the most dystopian future known to of man. All. Okay, last sip time. Last sip. You know what? I actually have a pretty big last sip because we got caught up in this conversation. I got I a got big last sip. I'm going to go. little baby sip. Oh, you got a baby sip. So should I go first? You got a little baby a sip. A little baby yeah. sip. Okay, last sip. This beer's kind of warmed up. The carbonation's kind of gone a little bit. But yeah, still, what you were saying about tea, I think that's going to be my word of the day. Is uh, My last word is is tea. It's just very nice. It's a very steep tea. It reminds me a lot of either having a glass of tea with my grandma or or just honestly like crushing a big raspberry brisk on a hot day. Like that's the same vibe I get from this. It's just so smooth and fun. And it's actually, I forgot to say this little anecdote and I will quickly before your phone dies. But when we did sell this uh, beer at Bush Resort, they, there, were, there was a guy who was buying it and his big father-in-law was making fun of him about it. And we were sitting there, and I I said to him, I said, yeah, you know, this is a beer for somebody who isn't afraid of their masculinity because it pours pink, it's very smooth, it's very delicious, it's just a good time. Yeah, definitely in my always in my summer rotation, just always in that nice spot. Bingo for a lager, which I'm not usually traditionally very attracted to. I just think it's just such a such a crowd pleasing beer. Really good to have a couple in the fridge. Can't go wrong with Best it. Best way to do it. It's always a, a nice beer to like. It's a surprising beer to show people too. Like I know when Zoe had it for the first time, she was just kind of like, "Wow!" Like I didn't really like. This doesn't even seem like a beer, but it does seem like a beer. It's like it, it's a really cool, just sort of style. It's so different, and that's what I think people like about it a lot. Um, now for my beer, with my last sip, uh, it would be my word is probably inspiration. And the reason it's inspiration is because, like I said before, it was the kind of beer that like showed me that. A beer can be one of my favorite beverages. I was a really big wine guy beforehand, and I liked, uh, obviously, I got, like, mixed drinks, like, rum and coke and things like that. But then I really hadn't found a beer that really, like, made me think that beer could be, like, one of my favorite beverages that was, like, a go-to. And then I had this, and it inspired me to really enjoy trying different beers and then also really enjoy the idea and prospect of uh making beers with with my buddy chase so i think yeah inspiration is definitely what i take from this beer uh and then i could also say as like a different one if i wanted to which would just be uh creamsicle because it's my urge for flying monkeys to make a creamsicle version of this beer take out the grapefruit put in orange it would be fantastic but yeah. it's still amazing as is couple a uh, couple of great beers yeah thanks flying monkeys guys but yeah thank you flying monkeys for for this for inspiring this one yeah this is awesome. Yeah, it really pushed us. I think, uh, yeah. Lots of really fun stories about yeah. our friendship, too, I think. Not many that happened at Flying Monkeys, but 
Uh, there was one time we went there and ate six giant pretzels the size of our head. Yeah, yeah, we didn't realize the pretzels, but it was. I, I will say, if anybody's in the Bay Area area, go check Flying Monkeys out after the pandemic and everything, because as big as those pretzels were, they were delicious and they were also very yes. reasonably priced. I definitely recommend going there. They have crazy beers that you can also get that are not available in stores, like that you can find there because chase was telling me they like they just mix batches together like seemingly randomly they just try and innovate as much as they can and they appreciate feedback especially from people but that go to the brewery so definitely would recommend Very it 10 cool out of guys. 10 thank you for being such a aerial chimpanzee <laughs> a vertical chimp <laughs> a vertical chimp so my parents used to call me that's crazy too did uh did i ever tell you the story of how they named no. flying monkeys tell me Okay, so how they named Flying Monkeys was the the head brewer wanted to make a beer mm-hmm. for his dad, and like kind yeah. of like a family thing. So he was like looking around, and and he named the first beer ever, which was the Red Ale, the Confederation. After his dad. But it just sounded like so the Confederation, yeah. But he mm-hmm. named it after his dad, so it was called like yeah. Sam something Red Ale, and uh, he he realized that it just sounded like a Sam mm-hmm. Adams or like a Rickards Red or whatever. It just had this name. So he wanted to diversify it a little bit, but he remembered when he was a kid that his dad used to tell him and his brother that if they didn't behave, there's a giant statue of a flying monkey on his bureau. He would say, the flying monkey is going to come down there and grab you and take you to, the, to Oz. That's dope. And so then they named wow. it Flying Monkeys Brewery, which is really cool. And then they kind of in, then continued to embrace that and like how mm-hmm. their slogan is normal is weird. And they really try to do lots of things like that of embracing that like a little bit of weirder side of life. It's crazy how like a just like a name like that can like just inspire you to like like take on like it's almost like a name can turn into a mission statement and a mission statement can just drive your business or your brewery or whatever you're doing down so many different avenues that you wouldn't even think like uh, on the can it goes like gives their address in Barry then Barry then Ontario then Canada then North America world universe it's like cool it's just like cool things that just like kind of make a brewery stand out you know it adds those little bit yeah. And I think that that's what really does it. And their can art is really eye-catching, but their beer is really good. And I feel like a lot of breweries, especially with really good can art, they maybe sink into their laurels a little bit. They don't, you know what I mean? They don't really like... Yeah. You gotta... You, when, you, when you're blown away by the imagery, you gotta be blown away by the flavor too, or else it's just a letdown. So you gotta, you gotta walk the walk and talk the talk, you know? And they do it successfully. Yeah, some of the best beers I think I've ever had were at Flying Monkeys. Like, they had a Pina Colada IPA, which mm-hmm. was really crazy, and had a really good wheat beer there a couple of years ago. And so they just, they make good stuff. They always hit it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I love those boys and girls and everybody who works there. So, yeah, big shout out to them and big ups to them. Yeah, big ups to them. Yeah, thanks thanks for inspiring our uh, our beer this week. And again, if anybody has any ideas, shoot to the Instagram Two Brews podcast uh, a message. Uh, let us know if you have any beers or ideas or themes you want us to talk cover or anything like that. And then uh, in the meantime, we'll just we'll just keep doing what we do. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. And then uh, bottom line, uh, don't eat at Hard Rock Cafe. Good night, Detroit. Don't eat at the Hard Rock Cafe. I swear to God, if you <laughs> eat at God. the Hard Rock Cafe, no, you can't be a listener to this podcast. No, yeah, yeah, if no, you eat there yeah. actively, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I will mm-hmm. go to your house yeah. Yeah. with a Planet Hollywood jacket on, Bingo. and I will break your windows, and yeah. I will leave the Planet Hollywood jacket there, and yeah. it will just serve as an image and yeah. a mission statement yeah. that Guy Fieri... Yep. Yeah. Guy Fieri? Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. 
All of the above. My dad calls him Guy Fieri. It's so weird. It's, it's stuck in my head now. Guy Fieri will destroy you and your little baby bitch boy menu. You're going to be diners, drive-ins, and dead. 